Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mung Sung, and unfortunately, the Los is out today. He is actually traveling for business, so uh, he will join us again next week. But for this episode, it's just going to be me. Um, so as usual, we are going to recap uh, what happened this weekend. Uh, we are recording this on Monday night, uh, and our Chicago Bears are going to be playing the San Diego Chargers. Um, just a couple of quick notes on this game. Uh, Matt Forte is definitely out, uh, so we will get to see a little bit of Jeremy Langford here, and he should start, and uh, I think he'll have a pretty good night against a uh, not-so-good Chargers run defense. Um, but if you did pick him up, just be wary because uh, he does have a couple of bad matchups coming up after this week uh, against St. Louis and then against Denver. And on the Chargers side... Um, we will be monitoring how the wide receiver snaps are kind of divvied up uh, now that Keenan Allen is on IR uh, due to his lacerated kidney. And we will see, uh, you know, Ladarius Green probably not going to play tonight. Um, and he probably will be a, out a couple of more weeks before we see him back with that high ankle sprain. So we're going to start by recapping the Thursday night game. And that was the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. And we saw Johnny Manziel here for the first time in a while since I believe it was week one uh, when McCown was hurt previously. And he certainly looks uh, a little bit more composed now, uh, a little bit more experience under his belt. Um, certainly not a, a huge fantasy day for Johnny football here, but he showed at least that he's competent enough to you know get the ball to his receivers. And as always, uh, in fantasy for a quarterback, uh, he has that rushing upside, four for 31 on the ground. Thursday night, um, again, uh, a serviceable night. Uh, you know, we'll see how Josh McCown is looking this week in practice. Um, on the ground, uh, Isaiah Crowell uh, did most of the work, uh, 10 for 38, certainly not a great night. Um, and as we've said uh, in weeks past, uh, Duke Johnson is the only guy that we really want here for fantasy purposes. Again, uh, nothing really on the ground, three carries for no yards at all. Uh, but importantly in the receiving game, 2 for 38 and a touchdown. And on the receiver side, uh, we were certainly a little bit concerned about how Gary Barnage and Travis Benjamin would look uh, in terms of getting balls thrown to them by Johnny Football. Um, and certainly neither of them had a, had a great night. 2 for 35 for Barnage and then 3 for 22 for Travis Benjamin. Uh, but it is worth noting that they were still the most targeted players on the Browns. Um, a little bit of Dwayne Bowe here, 3 for 31, but you know, you're know you not picking up Dwayne Bowe, let's be honest here. Uh, hopefully, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, you, you've realized that Dwayne Bowe is completely off the fantasy radar at this point in his career. Um, in terms of Barnage and uh, Travis Benjamin, you know, you're starting them again, even if Johnny Football's under center, uh, if, if you don't have any better options, but... Fantasy-wise, I do think that Josh McCown is probably going to be better for them. Now, on the Bengals side here, we saw good Andy Dalton, and, you know, this is kind of what we want to see from a good team. 
when you have a good matchup against a worse team, you want to see them kind of dominate this game. And that's exactly what they did. 234 through the air and three touchdowns for Dalton. Uh, he's still a solid QB1 for me. We all know that we have that bet going with Los, where I think that Dalton will be a quarterback one uh, for the rest of the season, and he does not. Now, uh, on the ground here, uh, it was a little concerning because we saw Jeremy Hill struggle yet again in what should have been a good matchup against a bad Cleveland run defense, uh, but yet he only got 15 carries for 52 yards, uh, no touchdowns. Um, and Gio Bernard looking good, 13 for 72. Um, and I really don't understand why we're not seeing more Gio Bernard. Um, it, it seems that it would make sense to feature him a little bit more instead of splitting these carries so evenly, uh, given how Hill has looked. Um, but again, we have uh, absolutely no way of influencing this. And uh, honestly, it's probably going to be a little bit more of a uh, you know concerning committee for the rest of the season unless they really decide to let Bernard loose. Um, as of right now, Bernard's still an RB2 for me, particularly in PPR, although he did not, you know, he didn't really need to get involved in the passing game here because they were up uh, so much and so early. Um, but again, Hill, I, I may be downgrading to a, you know, high-end running back three or flex. He's really seemingly very touchdown dependent. And when he doesn't get there, uh, you know, he's really not startable. He got you, you know, five points here. Um, but on the receiving side, Tyler Eifert, just wow. What a big night for Eifert. And he is being used so much in the red zone. Um, he's the number two tight end for the season. I, you know, there's really not much debate about it anymore. It's certainly not Jimmy Graham, whose usage is maddenly frustrating in Seattle. Um, so Eifert, you know, he's a plug and play every week. Um, AJ Green, you wanted to see more than four for 53 here. Um, but they really did get everybody involved, and Dalton, again, hasn't needed to lean on him as he has in the past. Uh, you know, he got Marvin Jones more involved, 5 for 78 here. And then Mohamed Sanu, too, 3 for 25. Um, and he had a rushing touchdown as well. So on the Cincinnati side, uh, you know, probably a top 10 offense in the league. Uh, certainly uh, starting most of these guys every week going forward. So the next game we're going to discuss here is going to be Green Bay at Carolina. And uh, certainly the Carolina Panthers look legit. I mean, you know, earlier in the season, we weren't sure if, you know, they were winning some close games, uh, you know, looked like they were kind of just scrapping them out. But really, uh, they're legit. They are they're a solid contender. And we've seen that, you know, they can kind of shred the Green Bay Packers. And that's kind of the threshold that we're setting here. Um, on the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers had a nice fantasy day, though. Finally kind of rebounded after that horrendous showing against the Denver Broncos. Um, 369 through the air and four touchdowns here, one pick. Um, and then on the ground, too, four for 22. Got you a couple points there. Um, but the, the big worry here for Green Bay is, is Eddie Lacy, and he's been talked to death in the last few weeks. And, you know, I was on the train where you should buy low on Eddie Lacy, and now... You know, I still think that if he can get healthy, he still will be involved in what should be a pretty good offense. Um, but it's certainly concerning that he's been outshone by, you know, James Starks yet again here. And, you know, he got injured again, uh, hurt his groin and then left the game. Um, but before he left, certainly not a good showing even when he was healthy. 
you know, he had uh, five for 10 on the ground and lost a fumble. Uh, certainly not what you expected when you invested probably what was a high first round pick on Eddie Lacy this year. And in terms of health, uh, certainly Eddie Lacy with that groin injury, but uh, supposedly it is minor. Uh, Mike McCarthy said that he did work out today, so we will continue to monitor his practice throughout the week. Um, and just a, a quick look ahead. If you are looking to buy low on Eddie Lacy, um, he does have Dallas in week 14, but then he gets Oakland and Arizona in weeks 15 and 16. So I really don't know if, if his reward, his potential reward is really worth the risk that you're going to be taking on. Um, but I will say that if you are an Eddie Lacy owner, I certainly would not straight out drop him. Uh, I would at the very least try to trade him first. Uh, I understand that he doesn't have much trade value, but if you can even get like a like a Steven Goskowski or a Brand McManus, uh, you, even an upgrade at kicker, you know, before you drop a, a guy that you invested such a high pick on, uh, you know, at least, you know, test the trade waters. Try and get whatever you can, even if it's a wide receiver five, get some depth. Um, and certainly, you know, James Starks looked good here. Uh, 10 for 39 on the ground, not great against the decent Carolina rush, rush defense, excuse me. Um, but, uh, in the passing game, you know, six for 81 and a touchdown. We've seen that he's got the speed that Lacey doesn't. Um, but still, again, for me, Eddie Lacey is, I guess you're benching him, but I'm not dropping him just yet. I, I don't think that that is a smart decision. I've dropped plenty of players at this point in the season, uh, but Eddie Lacey is not one of them for me. And on the receiving side, uh, Josh Norman here didn't shadow anyone, so... Uh, it was really kind of who got matched up on him on, on each play. And Randall Cobb certainly had a nice bounce back game here. Uh, four for 99 and a touchdown. Uh, certainly the ray of light that we've been hoping for if you're a Cobb owner. Um, Devontae Adams too, seven for 93. And then, uh, you know, James Starks had that touchdown. And then James Jones didn't get the touchdown here, but two for 57. You know, if you start him as a flex, you'll take that. Um, so the receivers, I think they'll be fine. They'll be sort of matchup dependent. We've seen that they struggled against Denver, but certainly that is a, an outlier. They're not going to be facing that that good of a defense every week. Um, but the real story here is the tight end, Richard Rodgers. Only five catches for 19 yards, but two of them went for touchdowns um, and against a, a safety unit that his father coached. Um, so certainly a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, a bragging rights game for him. Um, I don't know that he's going to put up two touchdowns every game, but certainly he's been involved in the red zone, even in prior games. Uh, if you're looking for a tight end, you know, tight end two, high tight end two with uh, potential every game, uh, certainly worth a shot, especially with some teams on by. Um, and he's, as usual, we'll get to those at the end of this segment. And on the Carolina side, too. Um, Cam Newton, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what more to say about him. He's just dealing. He's a solid high end fantasy QB one. Uh, not much to say there. He just has so much passing and rushing potential every game. Um, and he is a, a bigger quarterback. So you're not as worried about him getting hurt. Like we saw RG three or Russell Wilson, uh, you know, kind of smaller in stature and on the rushing side, uh, not great from Jonathan Stewart, 20 for 66 on the ground. Uh, it's good to see that he's getting work. But at the same time, part of the issue has always been that, you know, Cam likes the ball in his hands, particularly in short yardage and goal line situations. And then 
uh, when he doesn't, they use Mike Tolbert a lot. So uh, the scoring is going to be kind of, uh, you know, hit or miss with Jonathan Stewart, um, but certainly a decent low-end RB2 or flex play. Um, you know, you'll take 66 yards um, and a chance at a touchdown every game. Um, Fozzie Whitaker, 2 for 13 here. Uh, I don't know that there's really a backup for Jonathan Stewart to really be aware of. Uh, we haven't seen much of Cameron R's pain, so um, certainly not going to be worried about that. Um, on the receiving side, though, we see a little bit of Devin Funches finally, 3 for 71 and a touchdown, um, but he only had four targets uh, and was fifth in targets, uh, certainly not going to be picking him up. Um, maybe in the deepest of leagues if you're if you're a very wide receiver needy. Um, and Jericho Cotri, 3 for 82 here. Um, but, of course, the the two pass catchers that are probably the most owned, Greg Olson, obviously, 4 for 66 and a touchdown. Good day for him. And then Ted Ginn, a little disappointing here, just 1 for 20. But I, I still do think that he is the one uh, Carolina Panthers receiver that if you must own one of them, I would lean towards Ted Ginn. We've seen that he has been the most targeted in the past, and he also gets a lot of those uh, deep routes that Cam likes to take a shot on every now and again. Um, and the Carolina defense certainly didn't do great here, but they did get five sacks on Rodgers um, and that pick. So uh, I would say Carolina basically uh, matchup-proof uh, solid defense. Um, Keekley is a great leader there, and then uh, they have talent both in the secondary with Josh Norman and as pass rushers. So the next game we're going to talk about here is going to be the Washington Redskins at the New England Patriots. Uh, so Kirk Cousins here, he was uh, one of those QB2s that had upside simply because there might have been some garbage time opportunities against New England. Um, that didn't really work out. Uh, finished the day with 217, uh, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, certainly not a great outing for Kirk Cousins. Um, and on the rushing side, uh, you know, we mentioned before that Alfred Morris just seems to be getting phased out a little bit. And certainly here, Matt Jones got 11 carries for the day and Morris only got four. Um, honestly, Alfred Morris is droppable at this point. Uh, the Redskins offensive line just simply isn't very good at run blocking. Um, and Matt Jones is just fresher and, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of Marshawn Lynch to him. Uh, one of those bruising running backs, uh, 11 for 27, still not a great day for him. Uh, certainly not uh, needed to be rostered, uh, but I would want Jones over Morris if you are going to be owning uh, a Washington running back here. Um, and as for the other one, the pass catcher, Chris Thompson, uh, not a great day here either for him, two for 21. Um, it seems like Kirk Cousins, uh, who used to dump off to him quite a bit in the passing game, um, isn't doing quite as much now. Um, Thompson for me, he's a low end flex, uh, low end RB three, if that in PPR, uh, certainly not, uh, needed to be rostered. Uh, Pierre Garcon four for 70 here, uh, did all right. Uh, Jameson Crowder also, uh, tied Garcon with eight targets, uh, six for 50 here. You'll take that in the PPR league. Um, and then Jordan Reed, uh, you know, very involved in the passing game, had seven targets, but only three for 18, uh, did get the touchdown here. Um, you know, again, as long as Jordan Reed is healthy, he's going to be probably the most valuable pass catcher in that offense. Um, again, the pro the problem is that he does get banged up so frequently. Uh, so if you do own Reed, certainly you're starting him every week at tight end. Um, but just be aware and, you know, have a backup ready to go if you can. Uh, the, the one other thing is Deshaun Jackson here. His first game back uh, did get six targets, only three for 15. 
Um, but I do think there will be better days ahead for Deshaun Jackson. Uh, certainly Kirk Cousins is spreading the ball around, but uh, Jackson does give them a deep threat uh, element to that offense, and that should help boost everybody's numbers a little bit. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll get his timing down a little bit better with Cousins, who does have a decent deep ball. Um, so certainly would not uh, would not drop Jackson, or if he's on your waiver wire, uh, he should be owned at the very least, and we'll discuss that again at the end of the show. Um, on the New England side here, uh, Tom Brady, a uh, great day as always, just missed 300 passing yards by one yard, uh, but did get two touchdowns and one interception. Um, wasn't the best day, but you'll take it from Brady. Uh, certainly a, a reliable floor. Uh, the most notable news here in this game is Deion Lewis. Uh, just brutal, brutal injury. Uh, you know, after the last couple of weeks, we get a few more injuries here this week. Um, and Deion Lewis is confirmed that he did tear his ACL and he's out for the season. Um, so LeGarrette Blount naturally kind of took over this game, 29 carries, 129 yards on the ground, and a touchdown. Um, you know, everybody's talking about James White and Brandon Bolden. Um, Travaris Cadet's in the mix, too. We'll see what happens with that. And honestly... Uh, you know, there are arguments to be made for each of these guys. James White did get, did get the start um, when Deion Lewis missed the game a couple weeks ago. Um, but again, Brandon Bolden was out with his hamstring injury during that week. So it's hard to really say who's going to take over these duties in the passing game. Um, Bolden did have three receptions for 27 yards and a touchdown here. Had a nice little uh, route where Brady uh, threw a ball perfectly to him. Um, and then on the ground, he wasn't great, but he did get one carry for 12 yards for what that's worth. Um, honestly, I can't tell you to, you know, pick up either one of these guys. I, I think that with Lewis out, uh, we're back in Belichick land where you just can't rely on any of these guys week to week. Um, you know, as much as we can try to get inside Bill Belichick's head, we simply cannot. Um, the one thing I will say, though, that may, uh, or the one player who may benefit from Lewis's injury from a fantasy standpoint could be Danny Amendola, um, simply because a lot of the ways that Deion Lewis was used, either, you know, split out wide in the slot, moved around the formation, really, and running those underneath routes or those wheel routes, uh, Danny Amendola has a lot of those similar skills, uh, only four for four excuse me, only four for 24 uh, in this game, and then one rush for eight yards. Um, but I do think that Amendola could get more involved in the short passing game. Uh, certainly worth a look in deeper PPR leagues. Um, as for the other pass catchers, uh, Gronk is Gronk. You know, four for 47, not a great day for him, but, uh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be worried about Gronk. You're starting him every week. Um, in terms of Julie Nettleman, also uh, not a great day, 5 for 55 and a touchdown, but you'll take that, and you're not uh, unhappy about that by any means. Um, and then Brandon LaFell, you know, we've been saying, you know, pick him up, pick him up, hold him. You know, he's getting the targets, and finally, you know, he's paid off. 5 for 102 here. Um, certainly uh, a low-end, mid-end wide receiver 3 going forward, uh, depending on, you know, how his usage may spike even more with uh, Deion Lewis out. So I think... You know, in general, the Patriots offense suffers a little bit because Deion Lewis was such a dynamic playmaker for them. Uh, but overall, you know, I think all these pass catchers and Brady are going to be just fine. Certainly not downgrading any of them. Um, and, you know, sneakily, we've been talking a lot about the Patriots offense, but their defense has been doing pretty well as well. 
Um, certainly giving up some scores in garbage time, but they're getting the sacks and they're getting a few picks here and there. Uh, certainly think they're worth a pickup if they're on the waiver wire and you, uh, you need a defense for the rest of the season. The next game we're going to talk about here is going to be Tennessee at New Orleans. And this week's close shave of the week is brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. And in Marcus Mariota's first game back since spraining his ACL three weeks ago, the Tennessee Titans rookie quarterback led his team down the field on an 80-yard drive in overtime and threw a game-winning touchdown to tight end Anthony Fasano. In doing so, Marcus Mariota became the first rookie quarterback to throw for more than 350 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Get your close shave like Marcus Mariota with Gillette razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. So on the Titans side, uh, you know, Mariota looking good, uh, obviously against a very, very poor New Orleans defense. Um, but certainly this is what you want to see. Again, uh, the, you know, kind of the measuring stick for a good quarterback is how they do against bad defenses. Um, and certainly still a quarterback two for the season. But uh, if you're streaming, then certainly targeting him uh, for those weeks with the good matchups. And on the ground here, uh, with the new coach in town, uh, we do see that Antonio Andrews is sort of the workhorse back now. Uh, Dexter McCluster still getting involved with eight carries for 19 yards, but it was really the Antonio Andrews show here, 19 for 88. Um, certainly not the best showing, but uh, certainly a serviceable flex or low-end RB2. Um, and, you know, the real muddling situation here is going to be when David Cobb finally gets some playing time. Um, I still do think he's the most talented guy. Uh, as we said, uh, you know, Antonio Andrews didn't really do a ton with his carries here, uh, but he did get them the win. So certainly uh, they may stick with him uh, for quite a while. Uh, we'll see what happens with David Cobb. Um, I would still hold on to him. Uh, but if you have, you know, a lot of buys coming up and you, you really need that roster spot, uh, I, you know, dropping him isn't the worst thing, I suppose, uh, given how we've seen Andrews come on the last couple of weeks um, on the receiving side uh, Delaney Walker gets that fluky uh, long catch and run for the touchdown where the, the two defenders both should have intercepted it but instead they knocked into each other and the ball sort of just fell right into his hands uh, but I guess it's better to be lucky than good and you certainly you'll take seven for 92 and two touchdowns and regardless of that fluky touchdown you know Walker has always been one of the most heavily targeted receiving targets on that team. Um, so certainly a, a mid to low end tight end one in that range where uh, he's relatively reliable week to week simply because of that passing volume that's geared towards him. Uh, Doriel Green-Beckham too, uh, finally uh, coming on a little bit, five for 77 on 10 targets. Um, again, it was the New Orleans defense, but certainly good to see that uh, the Titans are trying to get him a little bit more involved um, particularly as probably their best red zone weapon. Um, Harry Douglas with Kendall Wrightout, uh, he did all right too, 5 for 73, but uh, certainly not going to be trusting him week to week. And then Fasano, of course, uh, vulturing what could have been a hat trick day for Delaney Walker, um, but so you're certainly not picking up Fasano except uh, unless you know Delaney Walker misses time again. As we saw earlier in the season, Fasano did step in quite well. Um, McCluster, uh, if you're very, very desperate at running back, certainly will get you a couple catches and a, you know, 20 ish rushing yards every week on the ground, but certainly only if you're very desperate again, 
Uh, Justin Hunter uh, got the other touchdown here. Um, he's all but done. I mean, he's just uh, looking at him. It's just so much inconsistency. He'll drop balls. Uh, really, as Doriel Green Beckham, uh, you know, gets more acquainted with this offense, I really think that we're going to see even less and less of Justin Hunter. Um, on the New Orleans side, we really see that the Saints offense is improving um, now that they're kind of letting Drew Brees do what Drew Brees does best, and that's kind of sling the football around. Um, 387, three touchdowns here and a rushing touchdown. Um, Drew Brees is a top five, top six quarterback for me the rest of the season, particularly given, you know, the ease of their strength of schedule. Um, looking, looking ahead, Drew Brees has some very nice matchups, especially in weeks 14 through 16. Um, he has been one of my trade targets in all of my leagues. Again, I'm trying to buy as many Saints as I can uh, for, the, for those playoff weeks. And on the ground here, uh, we were wondering if C.J. Spiller was going to get a little bit more involved with Kyrie Robinson out for the year now with his broken leg. Uh, and that really wasn't the case here. Mark Ingram, 22 carries, only 54 yards, though. Very disappointing there. Um, but C.J. Spiller only getting two carries, eight yards on those. Um, I don't know when we're actually going to see Sean Payton use C.J. Spiller, um, despite them paying him more money than they're paying Mark Ingram. Uh, certainly, uh, you'd like to see more out of him. Again, uh, I'm not dropping C.J. Spiller. Uh, after picking him up again, uh, after I already did drop him earlier in the season. Um, but really, you're just hoping that, uh, you know, this offense kind of, I mean, CJ Spiller's going to have big weeks, uh, you know, just from, you know, breaking one long run. And he's always had that ability. Uh, it's really just whether or not he gets more involved in this offense. And if anything, he's a very high value handcuff because Mark Ingram has missed time in the past. And if that happens, then I do think that CJ Spiller. Uh, instantly becomes a, a pretty high-end running back, too, simply from usage. Um, on the receiving end, Willie Sneed, decent day, 6 for 95. Um, we're really seeing Brandon Cook step up a little bit. Uh, you know, Earlier in the year, I mentioned that I downgraded him to a high-end wide receiver 3, um, but now that uh, you know he, he and Breeze are kind of connecting more on those deep shots because you know Sneed and Watson have kind of come on to draw away a little bit of that coverage, um, I do see uh, Brandon Cooks as, uh, again, a low to mid-end wide receiver, too, uh, if he continues to get this kind of target and usage. Um, ben Watson, 5 for 6, he didn't get a touchdown here. Uh, that got vultured by Josh Hill. Um, but Watson, too, uh, a low-end tight end 1, high-end tight end, excuse me, high-end tight end 2, uh, simply because, again, uh, you know, this uh, entire New Orleans offense is kind of coming around. Um, and particularly because their defense is so inept that they're going to be, you know, they're really going to have to throw every game to keep up and try and win these games. Um, I saw a little bit of Brandon Coleman here, uh, two for 58. Uh, but again, that's one of those desperation uh, options that you hopefully will never have to rely upon. So the next game here is going to be Miami at Buffalo. And we've seen that Ryan Tannehill has struggled before in the past while playing Buffalo and certainly no different here. Uh, did get 300 passing yards, but no touchdowns, no picks either, which is always good. Um, but certainly Tannehill is going to be kind of matchup dependent, uh, definitely a, a QB2 um, at this point. Uh, Lamar Miller, uh, you know, struggled on the ground against a, a good uh, defensive front seven for Buffalo, only 12 for 44 on the ground, but he did get two touchdowns. And then in the receiving game, he's getting very involved, seven for 97 on seven targets. Uh, 
Lamar Miller, I mean, he finished last year as I think the number nine or number 10 uh, running back in PPR leagues. And certainly he looks like he's on pace to have a very nice second half of the season. Um, I, I think, again, he's back in that high end running back two, maybe even low end running back one from all these injuries, too. Um, you know, Deion Lewis, we lost and he was certainly ahead of him up until now. Uh, Lamar Miller, uh, certainly a big resurgence here now that he's actually getting used properly. Uh, would definitely try to buy on him if his owners uh, are are still thinking that he's just a mid-end RB2. Um, JHI, though, we we get our first glimpse of him in this game. Uh, 5 for 41 certainly looked pretty good. Um, the hope is for Miller owners that he won't vulture too many touchdowns. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, but certainly I do think that Ajayi has passed Jonas Gray if you're going to look to uh, handcuff Lamar Miller here for the stretch run. And on the receiving side, um, you know, Kenny Stills, three for 74 here, uh, still kind of that boomer bust, a wide receiver four, um, didn't get the touchdown here. So really, uh, you know, if you're starting him, you're hoping for a couple of long bombs and maybe a touchdown. Um, Jarvis Landry, uh, definitely the guy in PPR, uh, 11 catches for 69 yards. Um, you know, again, not great yardage and doesn't doesn't get too many touchdowns, but uh, those 11 catches will go a long way in PPR leagues. Um, but I still think, again, for the price that Rashard Matthews is not that far off from Jarvis Landry in terms of future production, four for 54 here, almost had a touchdown. Um, I do think that Rashard Matthews is still a buy low, you know, wide receiver three target if you need that depth. Um, we saw both the tight ends struggle here. Each had one catch for six yards and nine yards respectively for Jordan Cameron and Deion Sims. Uh, as we've mentioned in the past, they are simply touchdown dependent tight end twos. Uh, hopefully you are not relying on them week to week. Um, and on the Buffalo side here, Tyrod Taylor, finally healthy, um, looking good. 11 for 12, uh, certainly didn't need to throw very much in this game, uh, being up for most of it. Um, but he actually leads the league in completion percentage and, uh, you know, he looks good he looks legit. And as always, he's got that rushing upside 10 for 44 on the ground. Um, pretty nice day. I, I'd be buying Ty Tyrod Taylor. Uh, certainly no reason for him to be on the waiver wire. If that's the case, I would definitely try and pick him up. Um, and uh, LaShawn McCoy here, 11 for 112 and a touchdown. Good to see him finally healthy. I'd almost forgotten, you know, what a healthy LaShawn McCoy looks like and can do. Uh, but of course, as soon as I thought that, he exits the game with a shoulder injury. Um, supposedly, it's relatively minor. You know, he wasn't in a sling or anything, didn't get an MRI. Um, and supposedly, he is day-to-day, -day, but they do play on a short week Thursday night. Um, so definitely worth monitoring. Um, if he is out for whatever reason, Carlos Williams is a must-must-own handcuff. Uh, and we've discussed this before. Uh, he should not be sitting on waiver wires. He should have been picked up many, many weeks ago. Um, and as we've seen, uh, this is why. Uh, as soon as LaShawn McCoy left the game, Carlos Williams, only nine carries, but 110 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I'm not expecting that every week against a not very good Miami Dolphins rush defense. Um, but Carlos Williams, he already gets the goal line work uh, sometimes even when McCoy is in. So he's a flex play already when McCoy is in. When he's out, he's a legit, you know, high end running back two, low end running back one. Uh, Carlos Williams needs to be owned, and he's definitely going to be one of the waiver wire pickups of the week uh, that we'll go through later on if he is out there in your league. 
Um, in terms of the receiving game, we finally see what Sammy Watkins can do, 8 for 168 and a touchdown. But just a caveat here, it is reported that Watkins was walking with a noticeable limp today on Monday. Uh, so definitely worth monitoring. He seems to get banged up quite a bit. Um, certainly don't know if you can trust him just yet, but if he is healthy, he's definitely a wide receiver too uh, with upside given the, the accuracy of Tyrod Taylor on those deep shots. Um, LaShawn McCoy had a couple catches here too. Um, and then really only Charles Clay got a catch in this game. Really just dominated this game start to finish. Um, I do think that if Watkins is out for whatever reason, or this coming week, uh, you know, Watkins getting Revis Island, uh, Robert Woods still should be interesting. He gets a lot of those deep bombs as well, and he is a very agile, explosive receiver um, uh, for, for himself uh, compared to Watkins. Uh, Charles Clay, only one target here, one for six. Uh, but again, still a good tight end, uh, high-end tight end too here. Uh, does, does get very involved in the receiving game. Uh, the Buffalo defense, uh, good on paper, and we were so excited to see them just absolutely dominate the Colts in week one. But, you know, we've seen that at this point it's more of a fluke than anything. Um, and while they're still a pretty good defense fantasy-wise, uh, you know, they're certainly um, streamable and droppable if you uh, if you need a different matchup week to week. So the next game we're going to talk about here is going to be St. Louis at Minnesota. Uh, Nick Foles here, 168 passing yards, no touchdowns, no INTs. Um, you're not starting Nick Foles, hopefully. Um, Todd Gurley here, uh, a down day for Todd Gurley is 89 yards, a touchdown, and uh, three catches for 20 yards. Uh, certainly uh, a top, you know, top three running back rest of the season regardless. Um, Tavon Austin here uh, getting involved on the ground too, eight for 66. Uh, not much through the air, four for 15. He's, again, he's going to be one of those boom bust wide receiver threes. Uh, you're hoping for a long end around run or a long, you know, or a screen pass that he takes to the house for 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, without that, uh, he's still kind of a gimmick player. They are using him more in this new St. Louis offense, but still just a boomer bust guy. Um, Kenny Britt here, three for 87. Uh, certainly interesting, but uh, again, uh, when Nick Foles doesn't really have too many 200 passing yard games, uh, that means that his receivers are not worth owning. Um, interesting to note here that Stedman Bailey got suspended and they've signed Wes Welker today. Um, for me, it's, it's certainly interesting and good for that Rams offense to have another weapon to kind of take coverage off of Tavon Austin. Um, but in terms of fantasy, I'm certainly not picking Wes Welker up, uh, except in maybe the deepest of PPR leagues. Um, certainly think this is a better football move for the Rams than it is for uh, a, a fantasy team. Um, in terms of the defense, not a great showing here, but still a top five defensive unit for me rest of the season. Um, and then on the Minnesota side, we saw that Teddy Bridgewater having a decent game with that rushing touchdown, but uh, again, he got knocked out cold by the Rams defender on this play, uh, even though he was sliding. Um, now the reports are that he was you know, out eating with his family, that uh, you know, he's feeling good today. Um, certainly monitor his practice participation this week. Hopefully he will be all right for the next game. And if not, Sean Hill uh, should be serviceable at the very least. On the rushing side, Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. Not much news here. 29 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. Um, not much to say about AP. 
interesting to note here, uh, Stefan Diggs, in terms of the receivers, uh, did get the most targets, uh, or excuse me, the second most targets behind Mike Wallace, but he did lead the team in receiving yards. Uh, three for 42, no touchdown here uh, against the good St. Louis Rams defense. Uh, certainly uh, expected, um, and you know I'm not too worried about Diggs going forward. I think he's still a low-end wide receiver too for me. Um, Kyle Rudolph, uh, he gets uh, involved in the red zone a lot, but he did not get a touchdown here. Um, certainly still a tight end too, uh, very touchdown dependent, especially with uh, the heavy usage of Adrian Peterson at the goal line. And uh, Mike Wallace, such a good player, uh, really good at running those deep routes, but Teddy Bridgewater is just not that great in terms of his deep ball accuracy. And we've seen that they just don't have very good chemistry between he and Wallace. Um, and Mike Wallace is droppable at this point. Uh, certainly one for four. You're not very happy with that, even with the six targets. Next game here is going to be Jacksonville at the New York Jets. Um, and Blake Bortles here. I want to mention real quick that he has quietly been a quarterback one this season. Um, and certainly while it hasn't been pretty all the time, uh, you know, and a lot of losses still for the Jaguars, um, in terms of fantasy, Blake Bortles has quietly been very consistent. Uh, you know, 381 here uh, in terms of yardage, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and then also four for 32 on the ground. Um, I would try to you know buy low on Bortles if uh, you know somebody drafted him as a backup or picked him up as a bye week quarterback and no longer needs him. Um, I do think that he's relatively matchup proof in terms of you know, doing well with good matchups. And even in bad matchups, he kind of gets you get that garbage time production. Uh, I do think that Bortles is going to be a low-end quarterback one uh, for the rest of the season here. Um, on the ground here, TJ Yeldon uh, didn't do a ton against the stout uh, Jets run defense, 14 for 64 on the ground. Uh, but he is still their bell cow back, certainly an RB2 simply because of usage. Uh, and on the receiving side here, Alan Hearns, again, quietly having a very, very good fantasy season. Uh, this is his sixth touchdown in six games. Um, just so consistent, even with Alan Robinson getting the, you know, even more targets as the number one. Uh, Alan Hearns, though, five for 122 and a touchdown. He's a solid wide receiver, too, right now. Um, and both he and Alan Robinson are leading the league in terms of yards per catch. Um, certainly worth buying low on if somebody's still, you know, doesn't love Hearn simply because he doesn't have the big name value here. Um, interesting to note, though, that he did have his foot um, in a walking boot today, uh, apparently sprained it on one of the last plays of the game. Um, he's always been questionable during the week with, you know, one injury or another, but always manages to play on Sundays. Uh, but definitely worth checking out um, and monitoring during the week uh, if you are a Hearn's owner. Um, and Allen Robinson here, uh, six for 121. Uh, Riva shadowed him for a good amount of the game, but Bortles did manage to find him uh, a couple times, even this, despite that. Um, certainly, Allen Robinson, also a, a very good wide receiver, too, right now. Um, Brian Walters, again, five for 54 and a, and a touchdown. Uh, you're not trusting that production. He's really kind of the, the safety valve. Uh, you know, we really need to see more from him. Uh, until we trust him as anything more than a, a boom or blub, excuse me, a boom or bust wide receiver four. Um, Julius Thomas here did get eight targets, uh, tied uh, for second in targets with Alan Hearns, um, but just wasn't able to do a ton with them. Three for fourteen. I still do think he's a nice low end tight end one, high end tight end two, 
um, because Bortles does like to look for him quite a bit. It's really just that the targets uh, are relatively inefficient thus far. Um, you'd like to see them build a little bit more chemistry, um, and that's likely due to the fact that Julius Thomas did miss some time with his uh, hand injury early in the season. Uh, now on the New York Jets side, Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to play despite uh, you know that sprained uh, left thumb, that ligament. Um, you know, nice day here uh, against a bad Jacksonville pass defense, 272 and two touchdowns. Um, certainly fine. Uh, you know, he's been a pretty solid QB two. Um, we will see uh, whether or not he chooses to get that surgery would probably be out for a week or so. Um, so definitely keep your ears out for that. Uh, if you have been streaming him or starting him. Um, and Chris Ivory, uh, wow. It's not good when you're breaking records for, uh, most rushing attempts for fewest yards in the history of the NFL. 23 carries here for only 26 yards. Did get you the two touchdowns, though, so you're certainly uh, fine from a fantasy perspective there, and he got you three catches for 22 yards, but uh, certainly a little concerning. Um, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, I'm not telling you to sell Chris Ivory, um, but I think that if you can, you know, sell him for, you know, a, a low running back one price, I would certainly try and do that. Again, it all depends on what you can get. Uh, but certainly I do think that we're going to see a little bit of inconsistency here uh, towards the end of the season from Chris Ivory. Um, we're still waiting to see uh, any signs of life from Steven Ridley coming off that ACL tear. Um, we'll see what happens there. Zach Stacey has been the backup up until now. Uh, and we don't know if that's just due to, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Ridley not quite there in, in terms of conditioning or knowing the playbook. So certainly uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, certainly a, a lottery ticket uh, pickup if anything were to happen to Chris Ivory, who has been banged up in the past. Um, Brandon Marshall here didn't do a ton. Four for 41 and a touchdown, uh, but did get eight targets. Eric Decker's nine, so you're certainly not worried about Brandon Marshall, and you're not unhappy about his production this game. But Eric Decker, uh, again, one sort of like Alan Hearns, one of those quietly very consistent receivers, six for 79 and a touchdown, almost had another one. Um, you know, Decker's a, a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. He's just getting so many targets from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's getting those, uh, you know, high-value red zone targets as well. Uh, I think both he and Marshall are going to have a strong finish to the season uh, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick can stay healthy. Um, but as, again, as we've seen that in that Oakland game, even with Geno Smith under center, both are going to get targeted a ton. So really, uh, you know, they're, they're relatively quarterback proof as long as they're not, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, a, a low, a third, third string quarterback or, you know, somebody completely incompetent throwing to them. Uh, Jeff Cumberland, uh, actually got targeted here. Um, not picking up any Jets tight ends, FYI. Uh, Jets defense uh, didn't do great here, but uh, fantasy-wise, uh, they did all right. Uh, you know, I would hold on to them, but if you need to stream them, uh, that's certainly fine as well. Uh, but I do think that they're going to be a top 10 defense for the rest of the season here. So the next game here is going to be Oakland at Pittsburgh, uh, and a very nice day here from Derek Carr. 301 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, again, I think that Derek Carr is a quarterback one right now and that he needs to be owned and started. Um, you know, he's just been so consistent that Oakland offense has really been rolling. Uh, you know, he needs to be, if somebody, again, drafted him as a backup or, you know, as a bi-week quarterback, picked him up, uh, try to buy low on him. He's another one of those guys along with Blake Bortles where, 
you know, they don't have that name value quite yet simply because they haven't been in the league for very long, but their production has been consistent, and I don't know what else you want from them. Um, on the rushing side, uh, Latavius Murray, uh, 17 for 96, had a nice day, but did leave with a concussion. Uh, certainly worth monitoring here just because he has been banged up with similar injuries in the past. Um, I do think that Taiwan Jones and Marcel Reese are going to be interesting pickups if Latavius Murray does miss any time. On the receiving side here, Michael Crabtree, uh, you know, this is kind of what we wanted from him. Such good route running. And, and you know, we kind of saw flashes two years ago uh, before he got hurt uh, while he was in San Francisco. And finally, we're seeing that talent emerge here. Uh, seven for 108 and two touchdowns on 12 targets. Uh, Michael Crabtree is a, is a pretty solid wide receiver too right now. Um, and Amari Cooper as well, seven for 88 and a touchdown on 13 targets. The entire Oakland offense is uh, has a lot of high-value fantasy players. And, uh, you know, if you can still buy low on Michael Crabtree, uh, you know, somebody who's been burned on him in the past couple of years after doing nothing uh, with that Achilles injury and recovering from that last year, um, certainly think that Michael Crabtree is going to keep up this low-end wide receiver two production. Um, Seth Roberts here, three for 73. Uh, he's interesting in deeper leagues simply because uh, we have seen him get targets in the red zone before. Uh, didn't get the touchdown here, but uh, again, he is locked in basically as that number three wide receiver for whatever that's worth. Um, and then again, uh, not so much for redraft, more for dynasty leagues, but uh, Clive Walford, uh, only one only one catch here on five targets, but he did get a touchdown uh, on that, uh, certainly being utilized a lot in the red zone here. Um, and on the Pittsburgh side, you know, we were, we were curious to see how everything would work out after losing Le'Veon Bell yet again. Um, and things worked out all right. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 334, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, but very notable here that he did uh, suffer a midfoot sprain and is expected to miss a few weeks. Um, hopefully he is expected to be back in week 12 after their bye week. Um, so definitely um, an interesting uh, injury issue to monitor here. Um, if he does get dropped, I do think that he needs to be owned. Uh, and if you are a Big Ben owner, uh, unless you're very desperate for wins, I do think you need to hold on to him. Um, and on the ground here, D'Angelo Williams having a huge day, 170 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, and then two for 55 in the passing game. Uh, huge, huge fantasy day here for D'Angelo Williams. This is why uh, we said if uh, he was on the waiver wire last week, you spend every last dollar to get him. Um, and then similarly, Antonio Brown with a huge day as well. Two for 22 rushing, but receiving 17 catches for 284 yards. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out during the game that, uh, if you were facing Antonio Brown, uh, I felt very bad for you. And I poured out a little bit of my beer, uh, in, uh, you know, in sadness for all the people who had to face Antonio Brown this week, because, uh, very likely there was no coming back, uh, from that if you were down to your opponent. Um, but basically Antonio Brown and D'Angelo Williams, two of the most high value players, um, in one of the best offenses, uh, these are guys that uh, are going to win you championships. Um, certainly uh, not uh, not going to be uh, you know sitting them on your bench anytime soon. Um, also notable here, Martavis Bryant uh, didn't produce quite as much simply because it was just an Antonio Brown day. Um, I don't know why Oakland decided that they weren't going to try and cover him. 
uh, or maybe they just couldn't. So there was absolutely nothing they could do. Uh, just one of those games. But Martavis Bryant did have three for 31 and touchdown here. A couple drops, though. Uh, certainly uh, one of his uh, one of his knocks for the last couple of years now. Um, but Martavis Bryant, uh, he'll be fine going forward. We saw even, uh, and similarly for Antonio Brown, uh, we saw that when Landry Jones did start earlier this season with Ben out, um, both of them were able to produce. Uh, would not expect the same level of production necessarily from Antonio Brown, um, but certainly still uh, not sitting any of these guys. You likely do not have better options. And then Heath Miller, after a big, big week last week, we saw him kind of fade away again this week. Uh, six targets, but only three for 32. Uh, but it is notable that he was running routes on the vast majority of his snaps. Um, certainly think that he's worth a shot as a, a low-end tight end one when Ben is back. So if he gets dropped again this week um, and you need a tight end come week 12, week 13, I do think that Heath Miller is going to have that low-end tight end one value. Uh, simply because that offense is just so, so good. So the next game here is going to be the New York Giants at Tampa Bay. Uh, Eli Manning, not the best day here, but 213 passing, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, again, Eli Manning is going to have uh, those uh, ups and downs as a fantasy quarterback, uh, but his ups are going to be very big, as we saw against New Orleans last week. Um, he's still a low-end quarterback one for me. Um, a little bit inconsistent, but you'll take it simply because there's so much upside there. Um, on the ground, uh, I really can't advocate owning any of these running backs. Uh, Jennings, 13 for 48. Uh, Andre Williams just looking terrible, 7 for 30. Uh, Orleans Darkwell looking okay, but uh, you know just not getting that consistent usage, 6 for 23 on the ground. And then Shane Vereen, 6 for 14, uh, but then 4 for 20 excuse me, four for 29 and a touchdown through the air. Um, really, I guess the only guy is, again, Shane Vereen in a PPR league, sort of like the Duke Johnson situation in Cleveland. Uh, just, you know, try not to uh, not to invest any shares in this uh, New York Giants running game if you can. Um, Odell Beckham, uh, nine for 105. Uh, he's a, a solid, solid wide receiver one. Um, certainly not worried that he didn't get a touchdown here. Ruben Randall did finally get the touchdown, but again, he's so inconsistent that you simply cannot trust him. Five for 40 here on five targets, uh, but he just as well could have had two for 13 and no touchdowns on the same amount of targets. You just never know with him. Um, Will tie, you know, with Larry Donnell out in this game with that neck issue, uh, he was interesting to monitor, but two for 19, uh, you know, we've seen that even even when Donnell is healthy, he himself is just a high-end tight end, too. Uh, so certainly not uh, the same expectations for Will Ty here. Um, Dwayne Harris, again, uh, we were kind of excited to see him get more involved, but I, uh, apparently, you know, we, we are all uh, dis deceived here. Uh, he is more of a, uh, you know, boom or bust guy simply because he boomed against that New Orleans uh, defense last week. Um, however... Uh, we will see him more in the slot. I do think that he is good for that offense uh, as a unit, if only to take uh, a little bit more coverage off of Odell Beckham. Um, on the Tampa Bay side here, um, not the greatest game for Jameis Winston, but uh, he certainly wasn't helped out by Mike Evans. Um, you know, Evans had a nice day, 8 for 152 through the air, but he had like five or six drops uh, and he would have had at least uh, 50 to 60 more more receiving yards had he not dropped those easy, easy passes. 
Um, not sure what exactly was happening here. Uh, Evans uh, supposedly is fully healthy uh, from you know being slightly nicked up last week. Um, I don't know if it was just a bad day or you know if it was because of that monsoon making things weird. Uh, but certainly not worried about Mike Evans. He's a pretty solid, uh, you know, mid-end, high-end wide receiver too. Will be inconsistent some weeks, but uh, that upside is definitely there. Um, I do think that with Vincent Jackson and Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, both hopefully returning soon from their respective injuries, uh, Vincent Jackson from that uh, knee sprain a couple weeks back, and then Austin Safarian Jenkins, who did manage to practice this past week uh, with that shoulder issue that's been bugging him since week one. Um, certainly, I think that having both of those big targets back uh, may take away some targets from Mike Evans, who had 19 targets in this game. Uh, but at the same time, I do think it's going to open up that offense in general, having those big targets also drawing away coverage from Evans. Um, I do think that'll be a win for all parties involved, uh, especially Doug Martin as well, who uh, we've seen defenses kind of stack the box, and he certainly did not have a great day here. Uh, lost the fumble got, and got benched for a bit, uh, only 11 for 31 on the ground. But I would not be that worried about Doug Martin. I do think that talent is there. And as soon as uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins and or Vincent Jackson return, I really do think that that offense is going to take a big step forward. Um, until then, Charles Sims, obviously a great handcuff, 8 for 78 on the ground here. Um, and both backs have been involved in the receiving game. Doug Martin, 2 for 12, and then Sims just 1 for 4 in this game. But in games past, we've seen him have multiple catches for good yardage. So the next game we're going to talk about here is going to be Atlanta at San Francisco. And man, oh man, things are uh, looking bleak when you lose to Blaine Gabbert. Um, I don't know what to say here, really. Uh, Atlanta has fallen quite a bit since their uh, first few games. Um, Matt Ryan here, 303 yards and one touchdown. No picks this time, but uh, certainly should have had a better day against a poor San Francisco passing defense. Um, still a low-end quarterback one here. Um, Devontae Freeman, wow, just an uh, awful, awful game from him in terms of on the ground. 12 carries for just 12 yards, uh, certainly not what you want to see, but uh, always a high floor due to uh, being involved in the passing game. And he, I really do think that Freeman has become the number two uh, passing target, uh, which is good for him fantasy-wise, but it's, it's kind of sad for Atlanta as a team when your running back needs to be that number two target. Um, 8 for 67 and a touchdown in the receiving game here for Freeman. Uh, certainly happy about that if you own him. Um, and of course, Julio Jones, uh, just an absolute monster. 10 for 137. Uh, could have had a touchdown here. Um, you know, you're not worried about Julio, still a top wide receiver. Um, and Jacob Tammy, as we said, getting a little bit more involved here. 6 for 61. Didn't get a touchdown this week, but uh, definitely. Uh, Kind of moving up those tight end rankings a little bit. Uh, I think he's moving into, you know, one of those high end tight end two, maybe even a low end tight end one, uh, depending on how consistently he's going to get targeted by Matt Ryan going forward. Um, some of this, of course, is, uh, you know, due to Leonard Hankerson being out. So once he is back healthy, uh, that will certainly drop Jacob Tammy's value a little bit. Um, Roddy White, one for 20 here, um, only two targets. Uh, again, Roddy White should not be owned right now. Uh, Justin Hardy, though, four for 17 on four targets. Uh, he may be starting to earn some more playing time as that slot role. Um, certainly worth a stash in, in a deeper league. Uh, would just keep him on your watch list for now, though. Would not pick him up just yet in a 
in a shallower 10 or 12 team league. Um, on the other side here, San Francisco actually putting up a decent fight with Blaine Gabbert under center, uh, 185 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, you're certainly not starting Gabbert, uh, as a fantasy quarterback, but it's good to see that he was competent enough to, you know, kind of get the passing game going at least and keep, uh, you know, some of these other, other players on San Francisco, at least somewhat fantasy relevant, um, and running back, it's really kind of a dark hole here. Uh, nobody expected Sean Drawn to lead the team in rushing. Uh, 16 carries for 58 yards certainly didn't uh, didn't blow up or anything, uh, but did get involved in the passing game, 4 for 38. Uh, we'll see if he still has a decent change of pace role, even when Carlos, uh, excuse me, Carlos Hyde returns from his foot injury. Um, certainly not going to be spending big bucks on Sean Drawn. Um, especially because Hyde is expected to be back after their bye week. Um, in terms of the wide receivers here, uh, Torrey Smith, 2 for 44, Quinton Patton, 3 for 70. Um, certainly not starting any of these guys. Anquan Bolden still out with his hamstring injury. And then, of course, Garrett Selleck, 2 for 12 but two touchdowns. Um, certainly nobody predicted this. Uh, nobody started him unless they were very desperate. Um, if they did, you know, kudos to you. Uh, congrats on a two touchdown day, high risk, high reward, uh, would not be picking up Garrett Selleck anytime soon, unless you're in like a 20 team league. And the next game here is going to be Denver at Indy. And man, I know, uh, at least a couple of people who, uh, lost their eliminator picks, uh, here, this week on this game, and certainly I'm sure a lot of people in Vegas were not happy, uh, did not see this coming at all. Denver Broncos, finally their first loss of the season to the Colts of all teams. Um, so first on the Denver side here, Peyton Manning looked all right. 281, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, came three yards shy of breaking the record for all-time passing yards. Um, certainly uh, you, can't, you can't really put the blame on this loss on Peyton. Uh, you know, those two interceptions didn't help, but uh, he certainly did all right uh, as far as uh, offensively is concerned. Um, but the defense here really just crumbled, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But on the running game, C.J. Anderson, 7 for 34, um, and yet they decided to keep feeding Ronnie Hillman, who also had seven carries, but only for one yard total. Uh, you know, this running back committee is going to be really frustrating, uh, you know, when this, this offense is clicking, as we saw last week against Green Bay, both running backs are going to have decent days. Uh, but when it's not, uh, both running backs are going to have awful days. Um, certainly not going to be trusting them as more of a, you know, as more than a flex or running back two options going forward, depending on the matchup. Um, but on the receiving side here, also did not expect Owen Daniels to lead the team in receiving six for 102 and a touchdown. Um, you know, we thought that Vernon Davis wasn't going to get too involved just yet until he learns the playbook a little bit more. Um, but I think Owen Daniels is making a little bit of a case to, uh, you know, stay involved in this offense, uh, even though I do think that Davis is eventually going to be that uh, receiving tight end for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders here, six for 90 and a touchdown, uh, led the team in targets yet again. Certainly, uh, not complaining if you're his fantasy owner. Um, I do think that Peyton still, uh, likes him best as the number one receiving option right now, simply because the trust is there and he's being utilized on a lot of, you know, high value plays or, you know, those third down conversions. Um, but certainly Demarius Thomas still getting involved in here, broke a couple big screens, 
uh, five for 50. You'd like to see more from Demarius. Um, I've heard around, you know, around the Twitterverse, et cetera, uh, that Demarius is still being valued as a wide receiver one right now. And I certainly just cannot see that for me. He's a high end wide receiver two at best. Uh, there's just so many inconsistencies with this Denver offense this year. Um, if one of your league mates still sees Demarius Thomas as a wide receiver one, I would absolutely try and sell for that value. Um, if you are a Thomas owner, um, certainly see what you can get there. Um, we've already learned that there's no need to roster a third wide receiver on uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, Benny Fowler, two for 22 here on four targets, but uh, certainly not going to be picking him up. And uh, with Vernon Davis back, we see that Virgil Green has again taken a back seat. Uh, it's really Owen Daniels for now, and then I think an eventual transition to Vernon Davis. Um, and on to the Colts side, uh, again, we've seen that this Denver Broncos defense, after looking so good against Aaron Rodgers last week, just start cracking uh, against Andrew Luck this week. Um, Luck, 252 for two touchdowns and no interceptions against this defense. Uh, certainly not what I expected. Um, and same with Frank Gore, 28 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown against this normally stout defense. Um, and I think we're just seeing, you know, the team starting to game plan a little bit better for Denver. Um, certainly surprising that Indy was the first to do it. Uh, I just don't know that... You know, it's hard to say right now whether this was a fluke and just a really bad game for Denver um, or if this is the beginning of teams, just, you know, starting to figure out their defense a little bit, sort of like how teams have slowly, you know, adapted to how Seattle plays defense. Um, certainly, uh, you know, I think the model is going to be going forward, try and gash them up the middle, uh, only, you know, a, a little chunk at a time. But uh, I think that's what you got to do against Denver. Um, we saw Ahmad Bradshaw get a little bit more involved here, but um, he's a handcuff only uh, Only if something happens to Gore. Uh, certainly isn't being involved enough in the offense to be fantasy startable. Um, and in terms of uh, the receiving game, uh, T.Y. Hilton doing all right, 5 for 82, even after uh, we weren't even sure if he was going to play this week. Um, and then Griff Whalen, 5 for 73, uh, not, don't go up. Don't go out there and uh, pick up Griff Whalen. Uh, he's just the product of uh, very good coverage on the other receivers here. Dante Moncrief certainly uh, wanted to see a little bit more out of him if you started him three for 30. Um, I do think that he's still, you know, the 1B to Hilton's 1A. It's just that this was a better matchup for Hilton's skill set than it was for Moncrief's. Uh, and Kobe Fleener here and Dwayne Allen, um, neither did a whole lot. Uh, Kobe Fleener did have four catches for 22 yards. Uh, but then Jack Doyle uh, stole the touchdown here. Um, certainly not starting any of the Indianapolis tight ends. Uh, really, it's just going to be Hilton and Moncrief here. Um, I barely uh, will mention Andre Johnson simply because uh, you should know by now, if you've been listening to the show, that he should not be owned uh, he will have a couple fluky games here and there where he may, excuse me, where he may get a touchdown or 50 yards, uh, but you're never going to know which game it is. And even uh, when it happens, we've already seen his ceiling for this year. And that brings us to the Sunday night game, Philadelphia at Dallas. Um, and we saw a, a pretty close game here. It was a, an exciting game to watch. Uh, you know, took it to overtime, and Sam Bradford here, uh, again, did not throw a pick. Uh, 295 in the passing game and a touchdown. Uh, certainly not too shabby from him. 
But again, in terms of fantasy, you're not starting him as your fantasy quarterback. It's really more so, you know, that he's competent enough to get the ball to the running backs and receivers here. Um, And we've seen that this Philadelphia offensive line is starting to come together a little bit more as a unit, Um, certainly doing better run blocking. Uh, DeMarco Murray here had a nice day against his old team, 18 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. And then Ryan Matthews, only 11 carries, but 67 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, we've been saying this forever. Uh, Ryan Matthews needs to get more work. And as you can see, uh, you know, he's a flex play when DeMarco Murray is active. And he's a very high value handcuff, as we've said in the past. And he needs to be owned. Um, If he's on the waiver wire for whatever reason, uh, you need to go pick him up ASAP. Darren Sproles uh, contributed a little bit here, 5 for 23 in the in the uh, rushing game and then two for three in the passing game uh sproles is all but droppable at this point uh if you haven't already dropped him weeks ago uh, again he's gonna have those random uh you know two touchdown on the receiving game days but you're certainly not counting on him week to week uh somebody here who did surprise though jordan matthews nine for 133 and a touchdown uh, we're seeing him come on a little bit, uh, but again, I would uh, I would hesitate to buy on him simply because this was against a poor Dallas defense, um, and they lot they had quite a few injuries in this game, including Sean Lee, which is huge for where Jordan Matthews operates over the middle of the field. Um, I would not buy into Jordan Matthews just yet. Um, in terms of Zach Ertz, uh, five for forty four on uh, in this game. On six targets, um, I think that Ertz is a buy low candidate right now. He hasn't been getting a ton of targets in the red zone, um, but he is getting those high value targets, and I think it's only a matter of time before he starts scoring some of those touchdowns. Um, in terms of the running backs, uh, good to see that Demarco Murray also got involved in the receiving game as well. Uh, six for seventy-eight here uh, certainly bodes well for him for the rest of the season. But again. Uh, would temper expectations simply because this was against a not that great Dallas defense. Now on the Dallas side here, uh, Matt Castle actually had a pretty decent day, uh, 299 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick, Um, but certainly you weren't starting him, I hope, for fantasy. Um, The big story here is uh, Darren McFadden. Again, they're giving him this workhorse back usage, uh, 27 carries for 117 yards, Um, and he did get targeted twice in the passing game. Uh, So I think that Darren McFadden right now is a solid low-end running back too, simply because of the insane volume of usage that he's getting. Um, And again, we talked about this last week. When Tony Romo gets back healthy, uh, we saw a healthy Dez already in this game. I think that offense is going to, you know, get rolling and Darren McFadden is going to be a low end running back one for me simply because they're, you know, trusting him with this many carries. The only downside, as there always has been for McFadden, is that he gets hurt so easily that, uh, you know, Kristen Michael, again, a very high-value handcuff if anything happens to Darren McFadden, uh, although we did see that he didn't play a single snap here, so Rod Smith also worth uh, keeping an eye on since we just don't know what's going on in Dallas. Um, but McFadden, uh, you know, if if you need a running back, uh, go out there and try and buy him. Uh, certainly... Certainly, sort of like Jordan Reed, is going to produce on the field as long as he can stay healthy. And in the receiving game, uh, very shocking. Cole Beasley, after doing nothing for just about the entire season, nine catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. 
uh, if you started him in, in a daily league or something like that, congrats. Uh, I'm sure you're doing quite well in those lineups. Um, but again, going forward, uh, I wouldn't uh, would expect this kind of usage for him. Uh, I, I expect his stat line to be more of a 5 for 45 going forward, maybe a touchdown. Um, the real story here is Des Bryant looking great. Uh, you know, 5 for 104 and a touchdown. And, you know, that 20-yard touchdown was kind of a Matt Castle desperation throw it up there. And Des Bryant just snatching it up out of the air despite having three defenders, you know, in the area. Um, Des Bryant, uh, as soon as Tony Roma gets back, is going to be a, a back to a high end, you know, top five wide receiver. Uh, with Matt Castle, though, we've seen that he's still, you know, a low wide receiver one with upside every week. So, uh, you know, you're starting him. Uh, you know, even even though he didn't do great last week, I, I certainly hope you didn't bench Des Bryant this week. Uh, and you see that the talent is definitely there, uh, more or less quarterback proof. Um, Jason Witten here did all right on eight targets, caught six of them for 43 yards. He's that, you know, reliable PPR uh, tight end option uh, for fantasy. Certainly not going to blow up any week, but, uh, you know, we'll be consistent and we'll contribute in terms of, you know, eight or nine points every week. Terrence William had three for 27 here. Uh, again, he's one of those guys, though, that I'm not really going to trust starting until Romo's back. Uh, he really needs, uh, you know, Des to kind of draw that coverage and then get open for those long, fluky touchdowns. Uh, right now, he's not worth owning. If you want to pick him up once Tony Romo does come back, I think at that point, Terrence Williams will once again become a boomer bust uh, wide receiver three for me. So that's going to wrap it up for the game recaps. Uh, the Bears Chargers game is about to start in a few minutes. Um, again, we will see how Jeremy Langford does, uh, and we will see how the wide receiver usage uh, goes with the San Diego Chargers. Um, but let's go and move on to wait, excuse me, waiver wire pickups. Um, and this week, uh, I just want to throw it out there. I've seen Deshaun Jackson dropped in a few leagues. If he is out there on the waiver wire, I do think he's still a boomer bust wide receiver three with Kirk Cousins at the helm of that offense. Um, Danny Amendola, as I mentioned earlier during the New England recap, I do think that while a lot of people are going to shoot for the running back replacement for Deion Lewis, I do think that Amendola might see a little bit more work in terms of those short yardage passes. Um, certainly worth a pickup if you need a wide receiver in a deeper league. Um, and then Austin Safarian Jenkins, you know, it's been a long time since week one. Uh, a lot of people may have dropped him and kind of forgotten that he's been sitting out there, especially if, you know, you're just looking at the player list and, you know, looking at the guys who have the most points right now for pickups. Um, definitely think that Jameis Winston trusts him and Jameis Winston isn't afraid to throw up those 50-50 balls and that, you know, ASJ is going to be a very useful target for him in the red zone. Um, again, Cole Beasley for Dallas. Uh, I don't think he's going to get that kind of usage every week. Uh, and certainly not going to be that reliable in terms of scoring two touchdowns. Uh, but we've seen that Matt Castle trusts him, and uh, he does get Tampa Bay next week, uh, which is a pretty good matchup against a bad secondary. Certainly uh, could be worth a one-week rental if you've got some wide receivers on bye. Um, and then, as I said, there's really no clarity in terms of the New England running backs. Uh, it could be James White, or it could be Brandon Bolden, or maybe even Travaris Cadet. Uh, we don't know. Um, I do think that if I had to pick one, I would lean towards Brandon Bolden simply because uh, he is always active because special teams, but we have seen 
in the past that he can perform well as a running back as well. Um, I do think that if any one of them can lock down the passing back role, uh, they will at least be worth a flex value. I just think that you're going to need to spend more, uh, you know, waiver wire bidding dollars if you're trying to get a James White. Um, so for me, I will be shooting for Brandon Bolton at a lower cost, but at a, you know, similar upside value there. Um, similarly, for the Oakland running backs, if Latavius Murray looks like he won't be able to go for whatever reason this week, uh, both Taiwan Jones and Marcel Reese are interesting options simply because uh, that Oakland, excuse me, that Oakland offense is pretty legit. And uh, you know, if he does miss any time with his concussion, uh, depending on who gets that starting role, they could be a, a decent running back to fill in for those weeks that Murray is out. Um, at tight end, Richard Rodgers again, uh, five catches and two touchdowns, but. Uh, you know, while you're not expecting that kind of production every week, um, you know, Green Bay does need more weapons uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and certainly he's developed a decent chemistry with Richard Rodgers. Um, and, you know, again, if you're throwing a dart at tight end, uh, you know, touchdowns are, you know, what makes up a big chunk of most of their production. Uh, I do think that he's worth a shot, a lottery ticket, uh, especially if he does get more involved in the offense, uh, you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, I mentioned earlier one waiver wire guy I would not pick up is Sean Drawn. I do think that Atlanta was a very easy matchup as they have a very poor defense. Uh, they are now on a bye, and Carlos Hyde is supposedly going to be back. Um, so I would not waste that pickup on Sean Drawn. Uh, in terms of bye weeks this week, we've got Atlanta, uh, Indy, uh, San Diego, and San Francisco. Uh, that means at quarterback, you're going to be missing Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, and Phillip Rivers. You're definitely not starting Kaepernick or Gabbard anyway. Um, and I think a couple potential bye week fill-ins. Um, you know, <laughs> excluding the uh, Tennessee uh, game where Mariota got injured, the Miami defense is actually allowing opposing quarterbacks an average uh, of, fifth, of excuse me 19 points per game. And uh, Sam Bradford. Um, you know, he's got potential here, uh, certainly is, is looking better now, um, certainly has the weapons around him, and against a poor defense, uh, this could be a nice Bradford game if you need a bye week fill-in. Um, if not, maybe uh, Joe Flacco, even without uh, Steve Smith here, fresh coming off of their bye, uh, Flacco faces a Jacksonville defense that's also allowing opposing quarterbacks about 19 points, uh, excuse me, 19 fantasy points per game. Um, and then finally, Kirk Cousins uh, gets a New Orleans defense that's given up about 24 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, and keep in mind that in the last two weeks, the New Orleans defense has given up 10 passing touchdowns and has not had any interceptions. So Kirk Cousins certainly worth a shot here, again, if you need a quarterback um, for a bye week fill-in. At running back, uh, you're going to be losing Devontae Freeman this week. Uh, Frank Gore, and then also Danny Woodhead or Melvin Gordon, if you're starting any of those guys. Um, I do think that Theoretic uh, should get some catches playing from behind uh, at Green Bay. And then uh, the Oakland offense, again, uh, whoever is starting in terms of Marcel Reese or Taiwan Jones, uh, if you're desperate for a running back as a bye week fill-in, uh, whoever starts there is going to be worth a shot. And at wide receiver, you're going to be missing Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Dante Moncrief, and then Stevie Johnson or Malcolm Floyd, Dontrell Lemon, whoever you may have picked up to, uh, you know, kind of make up for Keenan Allen being out. 
And at wide receiver, uh, you've got Danny Amendola. Again, I do think that he's going to be more involved with that Deion Lewis injury. Um, and then Cole Beasley, again, uh, you know, would not rely on him every week, but certainly a good matchup against Tampa Bay. Um, and then I mentioned earlier, too, Robert Woods. Uh, if Sammy Watkins does get stuck on Revis Island this Thursday night, uh, the Jets are playing uh, on a short week, should be tired on defense. And then Robert Woods uh, does have that ability to go, excuse me, get open downfield. Um, and then finally, uh, Jamison Crowder against New Orleans, simply because it's that New Orleans defense. We've seen that they can get burned time and time again. And Kirk Cousins certainly isn't, uh, you know, afraid to sling it around a little bit. And then finally, uh, for Cincinnati, Marvin Jones or Mohamed Sanu uh, facing, you know, not a great defense uh, should be a decent matchup uh, against Houston here. Um, certainly, again, worth a start if you need a wide receiver uh, with your guys on bye. At tight end, uh, if you did pick up Tammy as a desperation uh, tight end, uh, you know, he's out this week on a bye. Uh, hopefully you haven't been starting Kopi Fleener or Dwayne Allen, uh, but you are also losing Antonio Gates um, and then Ladarius Green, who's hurt anyway. But I do think that a couple tight ends, uh, one, again, Richard Rodgers, who we just mentioned as a waiver wire pickup, he gets Detroit this week. Uh, certainly a good matchup for him. And then similarly, uh, Kyle Rudolph worth a shot. Um, certainly Oakland has had uh, its struggles in terms of defending against the tight end, allowing the most fantasy points to that position. Um, Kyle Rudolph still utilized in the red zone and certainly worth a look this week. Uh, again, some good matchups in general for this coming week. Uh, Green Bay, after a couple tough games uh, against Denver and Carolina, they finally get to go home to Lambeau Field and host Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions. Uh, this should be a nice bounce-back day for all the wide receivers. Um, and Detroit's still been all right against the run, so I wouldn't expect a ton from James Starks, even if uh, Eddie Lacy is out this game. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, should be a bounce-back game for that team in general. Uh, New England Patriots, you've been starting all of them anyway. I just want to highlight that they get to face a, a pretty poor New York Giants defense, so you're starting everybody and maybe even Brandon Bolden or James White if you're desperate this week. Um, Washington against New Orleans could be a very nice game for Kirk Cousins. We've seen that as long as he's facing an easy defense, he can make all those throws. Um, but again, interesting for uh, Deshaun Jackson and Jameson Crowder. Certainly might be worth uh, some DFS shots in terms of tournament plays here. And similarly with Jordan Reed, uh, we saw that New Orleans just allowed two touchdowns and a chunk of yardage to Delaney Walker this year. Uh, and Kirk Cousins certainly likes to target Jordan Reed a good amount. Um, and then also we mentioned briefly Cincinnati against Houston. Uh, this is the red-hot offense right now against one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, certainly uh, you haven't been trusting Jeremy Hill a ton, uh, but if there's one game that you're starting him, man, it's it's going to be against Houston. And similarly, you know, for all the rest of the Cincinnati options as well. Um, a couple guys I would fade, uh, Tennessee gets Carolina this coming week, uh, and the Carolina defense is definitely not the New Orleans defense. Um, so certainly while we saw a very nice game from Marcus Mariota and Delaney Walker this past week, uh, would not uh, love them uh, against Carolina, although they do get them at home. Um, I would start Delaney Walker and maybe Antonio's, excuse me, Antonio Andrews if you must. Um, but certainly don't love Marcus Mariota or Doriel Green Beckham here. Um, Chicago and St. Louis, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, obviously you're still starting him, 
Uh, but if you've been streaming Jay Cutler, who's had a few nice matchups and nice games, uh, certainly wouldn't trust him at St. Louis this week. Excuse me. Uh, Martellus Bennett should still be all right. Uh, he's a decent mid-end tight end one for me, regardless of that matchup. And then, of course, uh, Kansas City goes to Denver. And even though the Denver defense sort of fell apart against Indianapolis this week, uh, I would still definitely temper my expectations for Sharkandrick West, Jeremy Macklin, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, and certainly if you've been streaming quarterbacks, I would uh, definitely try not to start Alex Smith this week at Denver. So that is going to wrap up our podcast for this week. Uh, I hope uh, I haven't bored you too much without Los uh, kind of throwing in his spice it up comments here and there this week. Uh, we've certainly missed him, and he uh, should be back next week, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, certainly hope that uh, you are doing well in all of your fantasy leagues. And as always, if you have any questions in terms of matchups, who you should start, uh, trade evaluations, anything really, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And you can follow Los at FFA underscore Los. And you can follow our producer Dan at FFA underscore Dan. And as always, uh, you know, we hope you subscribe to us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Um, you know, we are always happy to get feedback, uh, whether it's good or bad, anything we can improve on for you. Uh, just let us know what you want to hear, what kind of info you want, and we're always happy to do our best to help you out there. Um, and once again, thank you for listening. And as always, it's a fantasy world out there, and we're just all addicts in it. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria.